It was not long after direct-to-consumer advertising of prescription drugs came on the scene a decade ago that ads proliferated the airwaves. But times have changed with drug companies changing how and when they advertise their new prescriptions. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is David Queskin. David is the Senior Vice President and Practice Area Leader of Brand Communications at TNS Healthcare. TNS has a U.S. office in Manhattan and is a worldwide market research consulting firm for the pharmaceutical, biotech, medical device industries, as well as various other health-focused ad agencies, media, and analysts. David has 35 years of marketing research experience and for the last decade has been responsible with his team for nearly all of TNS's tracking of direct-to-consumer advertising of pharmaceuticals. He speaks widely on the issue of DTC advertising and has been quoted in a number of publications and spoken to a number of groups. Mr. Queskin holds an undergraduate and graduate degrees in psychology from the University of Pittsburgh and Boston University. David Queskin, welcome to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Glad to be here. It just seems like only yesterday that drug advertising proliferated the airways after the FDA loosened guidelines, if you will, to allow prescription drug advertising on television. But there has been a lot of scrutiny in this area, and you're going to tell us today about how this has changed over the last decade and what we're going to be seeing now and in the future from these companies. As you've indicated, DTC advertising, direct-to-consumer, really took off in the early 2000 years, growing by 20% some years. What we noticed in this past year, 07, and continuing into this year, has been clear slowing down. In fact, there's been somewhat less advertising taking place in the DTC world. Last year, for example, 07, it was down by 3%. And through the first eight months of this year, it's trailing behind by about 6%. So that's clearly a pattern. And the pundits are predicting that this pattern will continue for the rest of this year and most likely into next year as well. Although we don't see an accelerating rate of decrease, but we just see this pattern of decreasing. So the question is, you know, what's going on out there that making this happen? The fact that, you know, 07 was a down year takes away the argument that it's all about the economy. Some things that have been going on is really related to the pharmaceutical industry itself, where we're seeing patterns such as the fact that there are fewer new drug launches taking place over the last year or two. And certainly with fewer launches, there's going to be logically fewer DTC opportunities. Also, what's been going on is that the launches of new drugs that have been taking place are oftentimes with a narrow window of indications, and so therefore we're appealing to a narrow array of consumers. Therefore, it spells out fewer media dollars because you're not looking for a very large audience to be advertising to. So that's one another element that is taking place. Also, as I mentioned, the fact that there are fewer new drugs coming out, what's been happening is that several drugs have new indications added to them for approval. And when that happens, there usually is less advertising that is put against the new indication because the brand name is already familiar out there. One brand that comes to mind would be Cymbalta. A new indication was added to it, and they're spending not as much against that new indication. And Cymbalta treats what? Depression with pain. Also, what's been going on in the category 
is that in 05, the industry accepted guidelines because of pressure from outside the industry concerning what they call a reasonable amount of time having elapsed between when a drug is approved by the FDA and when DTC advertising begins. And the logic behind that was that physicians want to become more familiar with the drug and their own observations, their own clinical experience before wanting the consumer to come in and asking about the drug. And so what that has done has lengthened the time between when a drug first comes on the market and when the advertising has begun. So, for example, there had been about a six-month delay back in 04, 05, and even into 06. But last year, that had increased to a 12-month delay, and that continues into this year. So what we're seeing then is this volunteer effort on the part of the pharmaceutical industry to allow the physicians to have more experience with the drug before the DTC effort begins. And usually about how many months is that? Is it three to six months that they're usually waiting until they start to advertise on TV? And I think what drove the physicians crazy about that is that they often wouldn't be familiar with the drug. Their patients would see the drug advertised on TV and they'd come running in their office. It had been six months for the most part, and now that's almost double. And I think you're right when you say that the physician wants to know about the drug and be familiar with it before someone's clamoring about the drug. It worked well, I think, all around for all parties. Have we seen any shift? I know myself and my full-time job at the Chicago Tribune that print advertising is falling off and even advertising in uh, broadcast media is down. Are we seeing advertising of prescription drugs move into new areas where the doctors and their patients should be on the lookout on the internet where it's cheaper to advertise? Are the pharmaceutical companies going in those directions to be more targeted? The answer is no. <laughs> Despite what you would have expected and actually what I would have expected because as you point out, the new media, such as online, is for the most part very inexpensive. But what's happened is that broadcast TV in particular is known for its ability to create awareness very quickly. That does not happen as quickly online. Also, we're talking in general to an average audience for a, a drug is obviously an older audience for the most part. But chances are not online a lot, maybe occasionally. So um, you go where your audience is, obviously. Though I will add that there is a published research in the public domain that shows that the efficiency of advertising online has the highest return of investment versus television. But again, as I point out, TV has a very strong awareness building factor more than any other medium. So what the feeling is that things will stay conservative in terms of where we will see our ads and not be popping up in strange places. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Chapson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. I'm your host. And with me today is David Queskin. David is with TNS Healthcare, and we're talking about drug advertising, direct-to-consumer advertising, which came on the scene with quite fanfare about 10 years ago, is now slowing a little bit. Matter of fact, it's dipping, he's telling us, next year. And it's not necessarily because of the economy, but because of some changes in the industry and what they're doing to satisfy some of the critics out there. David, when the critics were saying, you advertise a drug like Vioxx on TV, it just gets into the hands of patients because doctors are not quick enough to be educated about the drug or the doctors fearing a lawsuit or something are giving the patients what they demand. Have there been any studies that have shown or any research that tells us that by delaying advertising drugs on TV, that 
at least for a few months until the physician is educated. Is that improving patient safety? Is that indeed giving the doctors more time? Have we seen any research with that? What I have seen is that, you know, physicians are feeling better about that. You know, for the most part, and then I know there's variation from physician to physician, that they are okay and fine in many cases with ETC advertising because if two drugs pretty much will perform the same way and the patient is asking for drug A, it's better to prescribe something that a patient is asking for that you feel comfortable with than one that they're not asking for and that probably will stop using after such and such a period of time. So compliance is going to work better with when someone is asking for a drug when the drug is appropriate. So that's one of the main reasons why we see that DTC has some real benefits in terms of keeping patients on their meds for longer periods of time. All in all, I think that what I've been reading is that in the physician world, these changes shifts that we just talked about with some delay and start, the Vioxx case, of course, being one that stands out the largest, is indeed one that is being preferred from the medical profession in general. You had said earlier that it appears that some of the drug companies are narrowing, trying to get a more targeted audience in their consumer ads. And I'm sort of thinking of a lot of the biotech drugs, these really expensive drugs that they started advertising TV. Let's just say like Abbott Labs has Humira for rheumatoid arthritis or uh, Enbril is another one by Amgen and Remicade by Johnson & Johnson. They would maybe go after, let's just say, a rheumatoid arthritis patient will be a 50, 60-year-old woman and they might advertise on the Lifetime Network. Are you seeing more and more things like that? Yeah, absolutely. The ability of cable to target the audience and then therefore the advertiser to target to that audience. Clearly, that's true for really any industry. And certainly, DTC Pharmaceutical is using the same approach. We will see a rectal dysfunction brand advertising, obviously, on more sports channels and that type of thing. So the media buyers are narrow casting, as it's called, rather than broadly casting to capture their particular audience. Viagra, for example, you see on my favorite show, Mad Men, it's probably less expensive for the pharma companies as well to go on some of these cable shows. Is that true? It may not be in terms of how many eyeballs are watching a show. It may not be more effective, but if you do it in terms of the right eyeballs that are watching the show, okay, getting to the target audience, then the answer is yes. So therefore, some products or some brands that have a very broad appeal, maybe like a sleep aid product, then you will generally see that advertised on a very more mass basis. But again, as you pointed out, perhaps in an osteoporosis drug, then you will see a more narrow forecast where you will find an older female watching a particular show. So just smart buying of media. And are you seeing now that there is this sort of pullback in advertising and it seems like it's more targeted, are the drug companies themselves benefiting? Are they seeing an uptick in sales, if you will? It seems like a few years ago that you would have seen examples where the sales of the erectile dysfunction class was not only flat, but it was falling, even though they were advertising so much. Are they seeing sort of an improvement if they were to go advertise on a Mad Men show that was more targeted or seeing Cialis on the Super Bowl or something like that? Yes, that generally is the case, but it's all about efficiency, and clearly you want to balance the amount of money you're putting in your advertising against what you anticipate you're going to get in return for your investment, and there's a lot of this we call return on investment, ROI, analyses that are going on so that a narrow audience for a particular drug would therefore have a generally a smaller budget, but the trick is to get to the maximum efficiency of what you're spending on advertising against what you hope to get in return. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, you carefully pick your 
other media in terms of return on investment, something expensive like television, but it delivers a quick hit. And if you have a competitive frame out there and another brand is coming, you know is going to be approved in six months, you'll spend a little inefficiently to create your awareness in order to be able to be first in line in, in consumers' minds. Well, with that, I'd like to thank David Queskin, who has been our guest. David is with TNS Healthcare, and we've been talking about changes in direct-to-consumer advertising, where 10 years ago it used to be something that would just be blasted over the airwaves and not so targeted, and a lot of money was spent on it. Although the money is slowing a little bit, doctors and their patients will be seeing these ads more targeted on specific channels. With that, I would like to thank David, who's been our guest from TNS Healthcare out of Manhattan. My name is Bruce Japson. I've been your host. I'm with the Chicago Tribune. If you would like more information about today's show, please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Or you can also call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That is 888-639-6157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.